Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mornings on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah. 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 Happy being alive day, everybody. Thanks so much for dropping on by. Coming up in 20 minutes, we are stunned to a news. And in 40 minutes, some think that Oklahoma should tone down its celebrations. Should they? Next hour, Christopher Mintz Plus. You know him as McLovin from Super Bad. He was also in Kick Ass and a number, number of other funny movies. He's going to join us here on the show because he's been part of, or was prematurely dismissed from, Stars on Mars, which we have a mothership around here. Of course, we're going to interview people from Stars on Mars. Christopher Mintz Plas from the reality show on Fox these days is going to join us coming up here one hour and 15 minutes from now. But we begin with Jacob DeGrom, where yesterday DeGrom and the Texas Rangers announced that he is going to have season-ending surgery on a ligament in his elbow. And so the Rangers are having a wonderful season, one of their best starts ever. But it will be this season if they do make a run to October without who was going to be their perceived ace or one of the the aces of their staff when he signed a five-year deal in the offseason. It's Tommy John surgery again for the often injured Jacob deGrom. He had this early in his career and now in his mid-30s is going to have it again. He'll miss obviously all of this season And then at the very least, a chunk of next season, if not the entire season next year as well. So the Rangers will have to do this without DeGrom. And DeGrom was very emotional yesterday when he talked about it. It's tough, so. But. All right. You know, I I went through this before and, you know, I know what it takes to get back. Um, So that's the goal. Go out there, you know, rehab as the best I can and and be around to help you know any way I can um, you know we got a special group here um, and and then I'll be able to be out there and you know help them win that it's tanks so this is what we love to do but you know finding this out coming here more Wanting to be out here and helping the team, you know, it's a, it's a disappointment. So, can somebody silence their ringer? 
Somebody's doing <laughs> We're doing an emotional Jacob deGrom press conference here. The the media's assembled. He's nearly bawling his eyes out because it's another long rehab and another arm injury for a great. And somebody's got their ringer on. Dude, shut off your iPhone. <laughs> Come on. DeGrom deserves a little bit more respect than that. He's having a moment here, guys. Silence the phone. Silence the ringer. So DeGrom in the offseason signed a five-year $185 million deal. The Rangers had a sixth-year club option. Now, that was going to swing between 20 and nearly $40 million based on how the first five years went, whether he won Cy Youngs, went to All-Star Games, total innings pitched. But there was a sixth-year option of this. I can tell you, let's just set this aside. Nobody roots for anybody to get injured, and that includes... Mets fans such as myself who watched DeGrom leave in the offseason. DeGrom was just beautiful to watch when he was healthy, but he was just never healthy over the last two to three seasons. And when he signed this deal, I think every Mets fan said, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, there was, I think, frustration that he never really seemed to want to stay. And the Mets... It was his only franchise ever. He went to a World Series with him. He won a pair of Cy Young Awards with him, and you and they have a ton of money, so you would have thought that he would have wanted to stay because there was a chance to win. But he never really gravitated, I think, to New York. He was more of a country boy, didn't maybe necessarily love the, the big city lifestyle. So he just never really had a taste for re-signing. And the Mets just were not going to give him five years. So there was a little bit of angst on his way out the door of, wow, you didn't even kind of give the Mets a chance. At the same time, there was an exhale because nobody who watched him with the Mets thought he was going to make five years. At his age, with his history, no way. And the fact that we came out of spring training and already in spring training, they were already limiting him, delaying his first start was a bad sign. And when the news came down yesterday... It was probably the least surprising baseball injury news I've ever heard. Really, I mean, I won't say that I gasp at injuries or Tommy John surgeries, but in terms of predictability, if you would have given me the over-under one and a half years of when he will be shut down with an arm injury for the rest of the season, I, I would have taken the under. I would have said within the first two years in Texas, he will be shut down with an arm injury for the rest of the season. And he hit the under, well under. He did it by early June of year number one. So it's sad because when he's healthy, he's ridiculous. I don't know if at this point in his career he still is. But when you hear him crying, fighting tears there, yeah, I think part of it is you feel the pressure to deliver for your new team. They just gave you $185 million bucks that they don't get a refund on. All 185 goes to you. So I think DeGrom feels crummy that he was expected to do a lot, and he won't. And I think probably this is a good, t- fun team, a good team, one of their best teams ever, at least to start the season. And he's he feels crummy that he won't be part of it. I think that's part of it. But... I think there might be also a reality of another arm injury, 
another year-long rehab, and what am I on the back end of this injury? Those tears yesterday might have been the harsh reality that the, quote, greatness of DeGrom might really be over. And I've seen some comps to Tim Lincecum, kind of slight guys, thin guys that created torque and velocity and just riddled hitters in their prime but broke down physically. Maybe that's a pretty good comp for him. But, Bogues, when when I heard and saw the clip yesterday, I saw it on social first, and then I saw it on MLB Network after that in full. There was a part of me that thought, I wonder if this is DeGrom sensing he'll never be great, great, because he's too old to come back from another Tommy John and be what he ever was before that. What was your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's him staring kind of reality in the face and... I don't know how many dots we can connect, but I mean, this has kind of been on the table for a while now. Like he had elbow issues. He didn't have surgery. The Mets have never been good about um, diagnosing and discussing and letting us know injuries. And, you know, did he have a tear that he was going to pitch through? He didn't have a tear. He did have a tear. It's this, it's that. Like this has been going on for a long time with him. And, You know, he hasn't pitched that many seasons, but he started at, like, 20... He was an old rookie, so, like, he's old now, and this is compromising, obviously, the rest of this year, and at least, if not longer, the first half of next year. So, I don't don't know how you wouldn't be heartbroken that you tried to been fighting this off for a long time, and now it's finally here, and on the back end of it, who knows what you're going to be. Yeah, he's 34. I think I read that he would be 36 when he finally comes back from that. I think he might turn 35 this season and then be 36 in the back end. So, I mean, what are you at 36 after your second Tommy John surgery? I mean, of course, guys come back from Tommy John. He did, obviously, but a different point in his career. A second one is really tough. And as you just said, the last three years have been kind of like scotch taping him together so that you didn't have to have the Tommy John limiting starts every time he felt anything in his elbow or arm shoulder you shut him down you give him huge rest you know I I don't know when he signed this five-year deal I was like they'll never get five years out of him what was your sense when they gave him that huge money in the offseason yeah I mean it's, it was money the Mets couldn't give him it was money. If you if you wanted to get him, you had to go crazy to put you know those terms on the table in front of him. I still think, you know, that there's time for this deal not to be a complete train wreck and waste of money because he still could be useful after this. But I mean, it's just it's tough halfway through year one of a really significant gamble, and now this is basically worst case scenario. I guess a shoulder injury would be the only thing worse than this. Right, they would have gotten two months out of him in year one. Let's see if they get anything out of him in year two. Maybe he comes back for the second half of next season, but they wouldn't get a healthy, out-of-the-block, full season minimum until year three when he's 36 years old. Right. And they gave him $185 bucks. And I was just reading this morning that it's it's not insured. They did not take insurance out on his contract because it was too expensive because of his injury history. So they have they get no money back from anybody in lost you know lost salary here. But apparently, him getting hurt like this gives them a, an option for twenty twenty eight. Now again, that's that's now thirty what thirty nine year old Jacob Degrom yeah. that they could have under contract for you know a hand a a, a what's the right word an acceptable amount of money. But that's not a good trade by any 
in any way, shape, or form. Now, they've got baseball's second-best record. They're 39-20. and 20. So they, they've done all of this basically without DeGrom anyway. So what do you think about the, the Rangers' prospects over the course of the season? I mean, it's June whatever now. You have to take them seriously. They won again last night. So now they're actually 40-20, and 20, and they score you-know-what ton of runs. And they've got Nate Yavaldi and Andrew Heaney pitching like they're Walter Johnson and Cy Young out of nowhere. It's just, it's crazy. Um, I, I, I guess they have staying power. I don't know that they play whatever 40 and 20 is percentage wise over the entire season. Um, but they, you have to think they're legit. This has been two plus months now of them hitting the cover off the ball. So even if they give back a couple of runs per game or whatever, they're going to be, they're still, they still should be fine. This is probably the end of any great, great DeGrom moments, but I want to bring Bilotti into this as well because the three of us watched him as Mets fans when he was great, great. And and I just want to take a moment because if this is the end of him being great, great, let's just take a moment to remember when he was at his best, how dominant he was. Pete, the body, I mean, when he took the mound in his prime Cy Young years, he was unhittable. He was a reason to just simply sit there and and just watch a pitcher take on the opposing hitters. You didn't have to watch the the bats of the Mets. He was that dominant. I mean, what did you think when you were watching his prime years? Oh, it was the best. I, I said it to my father. It's the best pitcher I've ever seen uh, when he's on the mound. For the Mets or anybody? Like anybody. That includes Pedro and Randy Johnson and it, Clemens in their yes, dominant years? Yes. He was the best. It was just something on another level. I didn't see Seaver, but I didn't, I didn't see much of, of Gooden when he was in his prime, at least from a Mets standpoint. I saw Pedro. So for me, it's, it's, it's that magical year with Pedro, and it's anything DeGrom has done in terms of the best pitchers I've seen. He was just appointment watching every time he went on the mound. Every time. It wasn't one star or two starts or any start. Every time he was healthy, it was an attraction. Bogues, do you consider DeGrom's career a tragic one if this is how it I don't want to say it ends here. This won't be the last pitch he throws, but if this is how the the end of it goes. I don't think I'd use the word tragic, um, but like dis- disappointing from a fan's perspective, disappointing for him that we just didn't get to see him be peak Jacob DeGrom long enough. Um, you know, the, the two Cy Young years were 18 and 19, but the way he began 2021, where there were starts where the other guys didn't make contact, basically, that was, I've never seen anything like that since Pedro. And like, Pete, I was too young to understand and appreciate Gooden and Randy Johnson, the other names that you mentioned. But the way that 2021 season started, I think his ERA was just over a run a game. It just, it, it didn't make sense how good he was and how helpless the other guys were against him. He was so dynamic it was very much like a Pedro, a Randy Johnson, a Gooden in his prime where like Peach just said, he was appointment watching. He was one of those rare pitchers where you just didn't want to miss that start, that every fifth day it was like a spectacle. And it was so it was so brief. I mean, I, I would say even Bogues, even their World Series year in 2015, he wasn't like that, right? It was No, it was but he more, was great in the playoffs. He was. But in terms of the dominant peak DeGrom, probably 17 through 21, so maybe a five-year run there in one of those years with the COVID year that doesn't really count. 
Right. Um, that so was. We got like four unbelievable seasons. Yeah, I mean, m- maybe not even that much. I'm, I've got his numbers in front of me now. Like raw numbers wise, his wins will never make sense because he only has eighty four of them, and he probably should have had one hundred eighty four with the Mets. That he only has eighty four wins. He only has less than a hundred right. wins. Right, bunch in his of career. bad teams. But it's well, bad yep. teams and. Like a lot of other elite pitchers, he had maybe, though, the world's worst luck. He would left so many games with totally. leads that, or gave up one run or gave up two runs, and they only scored one. I mean, he, was, he had no luck in terms of getting decisions. But really, you know, the, the, the only three years that stand out are 18, 19, and 21. 2020 is too short because of COVID. And, you know, he had low ERAs his first two years, but he wasn't the dynamic guy. There were really only, like, three truly elite seasons, which is three more than most guys get. But we just, we didn't get enough of him at his best, and that's what sucks about this. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, he signed with the Rangers, and there was a sense, I think, from him of, if I can put together five really good seasons here, I have an outside shot of the Hall of Fame. I really think, if you read into some of his quotes, he thought that there was an outside shot that if he got to 130 wins or something like that, he had another Cy Young, three Cy Youngs, or something like this, maybe that he would get considered. And, and now it's just not going to happen because he's going to have partial yeah. seasons in the next two because his peak was so great. But you're right. It was just, it was so short. It was like blink your eye and it was, it was gone. I think it was the athletics. Somebody did a thing recently, like the amount of, Hall of Famers, so to speak, playing right now. And they were broken into categories, guys who are locks, guys who are almost there, guys who may be there, and then, like, you know, stretching for guys who have the trajectory. He wasn't even on any of those, not even the last, like, catch-all one, because I I, I don't know how you put him in as good as those three-ish seasons were. It's just not enough. Yeah, it's a bizarre career because you look at the numbers at the end of the day and anybody that didn't live through Jacob deGrom will be like, well, he wasn't that good. And then you will, you know, you'll see a couple of Cy Youngs and a couple of remarkable seasons. It'll just seem like a blip on the radar. But if you did watch him, you're like, my God, that is one of the greatest pitchers of the last at least 25 years. That's no doubt. And it would just injuries it killed him he just his arm could never hold up and now it's done again and and for the rangers hey it might not matter they've had a great season already but for him that was that was emotional he was never the guy that wore his heart in his sleeve he was always a guy that kept his cards close to the vest he didn't really know what he was thinking he was very mysterious in that way very cryptic in that way he just he didn't let people in yesterday when i saw his eyes welling up i said boy that's a that's unique and then he basically breaks down crying on a press conference we never saw that ever from DeGrom. So that really was telling yesterday a very, very poignant moment from him. From a guy, from a guy that was a shortstop when he was drafted. Yeah. By Omar Manaya and, and turned into this type of pitcher. It it I, it was hard not to get emotional watching him at the press conference yesterday. Because you you know, you you are attached to these guys, especially if you're a fan of the teams. And it's it's hard to see someone's career be in the balance like it is. Yes. It's, it's easier to watch good careers end prematurely, average careers end prematurely due to injury. You hate it all the time. But when it's great careers ended prematurely from injury, it's, it is. You're right. It's really, really tough to watch. When we come back on the show, we are stunned to a news. DA, CBS Sports Radio. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Radio. Happy Being Alive Day, the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. The DA Show, as always, is available in podcast form. Listen to the full four hours or the best of the show every single morning. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Search, rate, and review. That helps other people find the podcasts. But the full four hours or the best of the show, always available on demand. That's DA On Demand and... My podcast, New York Accent, continues to roll along. Every Tuesday morning, we debut a new episode, and yesterday we debuted Constantine Maroulis. You might remember him as Constantine from American Idol. Constantine was a guy with long hair. He was a rocker. He was in this rock band that kind of fancied itself almost like Black Sabbath, and then he took the stage in American Idol and blew everybody's hair back. Back in the prime days of American Idol, this was season four, the Carrie Underwood season. So he was a big deal, and that launched his career. He's a native New Yorker, a big Yankee fan, so we interviewed him for the podcast, and now he's on Broadway. Again, he had a star turn on Rock of Ages. He actually was nominated for a Tony Award on Rock of Ages. So that really, he was a guy that was playing in a garage band, then burst upon the scene at American Idol. He lost out to Carrie Underwood, but... That was a huge boost to his career. Then he got to Rock of Ages, and if you saw that on Broadway, you know what a powerhouse play that was. And now he's got the lead role in a new play called Rock and Roll Man, which actually is the story of Alan Freed, who was a legendary disc jockey back in the 50s and 60s in Cleveland, and he basically created the term rock and roll, DJ Alan Freed. Now, Freed was a kind of a tortured soul. He was a revolutionary. He was an alcoholic. And Constantine Maroulis plays his part of this play. But it is why, for the large part, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. You may have asked that question. I know that I have asked that question many times. Wait a second. Why why they pick Cleveland as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, Alan Freed, the legendary DJ, coined the term rock and roll which apparently before the 50s, and he used it for music, was a phrase that you would use in like the 20s and 30s for getting it on. We're going to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. 
Right after that, sock hop. Mm. Rock, rock and roll, okay? Mm-hmm. Rocking it. Going to get the bedroom rocking and rolling. Oh, yeah. Okay, after that swing dance, after that, that swing concert. So he coined the phrase, and then he created and helped launch the first rock and roll festivals and shows and rock and roll bands got together. So he was one of the originators of it. So that was a big reason why uh, Cleveland had the bid for the Hall of Fame and pitched it and and part of the reason that they won it. So Constantine Maroulis was my guest this week on the podcast. You can check that out all places that you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. So just search New York Accent or on YouTube. You can just search that podcast as well. I got this tweet from Rob of the 321. 321. DA, you know, as a regular listener to the show, that I get the incredible amount of hate, and it's absolutely absurd. The DMs I get telling me I should quit life and I have no life is astounding. It's a sports talk show for four freaking hours. I'd love to contribute in any way possible. But it's disturbing that many people are so ignorant to realize the bit between Mraz and I is just a bit. But you guys, and I think he means the the haters out there, make it real life. I bet none of you listened to PGP episode 264 and why I stumbled across the show. And he talks about how one of his his cousins actually took his own life, and that's when he was in a dark place. That's why he found the show. And so Rob of the 321 says, I found a show that made me laugh, and I'm, I'm happy to be part of it, but DMing me, all this serious hate and whatnot, you know, you guys are taking it too too seriously. And I think, you know, Rob is onto something here. And, and I wish that Merez was on the show today to talk about this because Merez obviously has this kind of war going back with, with Rob in the three two one, but he's off today. Taylor had a fever and then Merez seemed to contract it and Merez was in the bathroom all day long. We can't tell whether that's because he's ill or because of his diet. He's usually like that, but <laughs> that's the situation today. But yeah, I mean, look, Robin the three to one is a great foil for Merez. I think Merez does genuinely get annoyed by Rob. Rob really likes to insert himself into the show. Really likes when you talk about him. He really, really likes attention. That's that's Rob's bit. And it annoys Mraz legitimately. Like, this isn't fake. He's legitimately annoyed by Rob. Rob threw out all of his Lions gear and swore off the Lions, then came back to root for the Lions last year. Of course, that is something that's going to get Mraz all fired up, knowing that he would never do that with however bad his teams were. He would never disassociate with them and say, I'm never going to root for them again or throw out the, the, the apparel or whatnot. So there is a legitimate annoyance that he has but it does not rise to if you're sending hateful dms to rob like that's not that's not cool so let's just keep it let's keep it chill it's fun to to hate on rob it is fun because he is annoying at times but let's just keep it fun no reason to to get rob all hot and bothered now who knows rob might have gotten like one dm from some listener and now suddenly made it a bigger thing than it is that is possible so that we talk about it i don't know rob has a tendency to do that as well rob rob likes to worm his way into the inner workings he knows good ways of doing this he uses social media well that way he could be blowing this out of proportion i don't know but if you're doing this to rob you know what it's not believe me it's not worth it it's it's not worth it and it's not it's not needed it's not just trash him 
Just send us a trash, trashing Rob of the three two one. That's good enough. You don't have to DM him that he should whatever. Okay, standing by with headline of this morning, here is a kind sir, Andrew Bogish. DA, if you're on your way to work right now, you might be PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. He has yet to resign after caving in to greed and immorality and agreeing secretly to a merger with Live Golf yesterday. At least one player called Monahan a hypocrite during yesterday afternoon's meeting. I'm at sure the, there was a lot more than one at the Canadian Open. I recognize that people are going to call me. A hypocrite. And any time I've said anything, I said it with the information I had at that moment. And I said I said it based on someone that's trying to compete for the PGA Tour and our players. In other hypocrite oh, news, up. Pete hasn't given me his days off for Thanksgiving 2024 <laughs> yet. The Nuggets are back on the floor tonight. Game three of the finals in South Beach. Tyler Hero and his broken hand remain out for Miami. I will remind everyone, it is June 7th. April 24th was the last time the A's won a road game. Young delivers in the pitch. That <laughs> swung out. Did he do it again? A drive to deep right. Palacios looks up, and Jace Peterson is 5 for 5 with two home runs, a two-run shot, and it's 11-2 A's. Have a night, Jace Peterson. Uh, have a night, Jace Peterson. It's about time. That's from A's Radio. Peterson with the five hits and two homers and an 11-2 win in Pittsburgh, snapping their 15-game road skid. They, It's also just their 13th win total oh, Now is that season. Little, is that a cool little story for the A's, or is that just how back-to-earth the Pirates have come? I mean, it's just it's a game. It's just a game. <laughs> I think it's just hilarious that they went an entire month of May without winning a road game. And I think that they're on pace for 130 losses. I think they're on pace for 133. So I brought this up last week with Sean because at one point on the Mets broadcast, Gary Cohen was talking, the Mets TV voice, was sharing a conversation he had off air with Howie Rose, their radio voice. They're both lifelong New York City residents, Met fans. They love the Mets, and they were both saying that they're rooting for the A's to be better than the 62 Mets because they want the 62 Mets <laughs> to keep the record of the worst regular season record ever. 120 losses for the 62 expansion Mets. Yeah. How many did that Tigers team, though, have? I thought the Tigers were right around 120, maybe oh, 116 or something like that. Um, that was the old Tigers. Right? Remember, remember how... They were chasing down the 62 Mets for a long time that season. I think oh, they were the second. The Cleveland team. Spiders in 1899 were 20 and 134. That doesn't count. <laughs> pre, it's pre-1900. Okay, so 20 post- 20 and 134. Yeah, post-1900, the, the Philadelphia A's were 36 and 117. The Tigers in, 19, in 2019 were 47 and 114. <laughs> 2019? Yeah. That was... Four years ago? No, there was one early in the in the millennium. The uh, Orioles they, a year before that were forty seven and one fifteen. Uh, they in 03, the Tigers lost one nineteen right. after losing one oh six in two thousand two. Oh three was the year that they right they were one game short of the sixty two Mets record one hundred and nineteen losses. <laughs> I mean, it's remarkable that. We've got multiple Tiger seasons to pick from. They yeah. have four <laughs> seasons of 106 losses or more since 1996. And they have one of the greatest seasons ever, the 84 team that won the World Series in 
was just a dominant freight train the entire year. I mean, they made they've made two World Series and they've had four 100 loss seasons in the last three decades. And they keep you th- on your toes. Three, three 110 loss seasons. <laughs> Get me out of here. And, and had and had one of the best managers of all time managing them, Jim Leland, and the single greatest chain smoker in baseball history, <laughs> Jim Leland, uh, El- and a triple crown winner. Yeah, Miggy. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere last night, we had the Giants getting a 10-4 win in Colorado. The Braves rallied for a 6-4 win so over So just to go back the to the Mets. A's, I, I think that the A's probably do lose 120 games. I think they probably take out the 62 Mets because they're on pace for 130. I don't know. That la- that win yesterday, Bogues, you say it's just a game. They might rattle off <laughs> at 10 out of the next 15. Uh, again, those Mets losers 6-4 in Atlanta. The Marlins down the Royals 6-1. Luis Arise, two more hits from Miami, pushing his average to 4-0-1. The Red Sox rally for a 5-4 win in Cleveland, snapping a three-game skid. The Rays now 11-0 in home series openers after a 7-0 decision over the Twins. Ooh, that's a betting trend. And the Blue Jays beat the Astros 5-1. Kevin Gossman matching a career high with 13 Ks over 7. DA has already mentioned the bad news for Toronto. Struggling righty Alec Manoa demoted to rookie ball in Florida. Manoa has a 6.36 ERA after finishing third in AL Cy Young voting last season. The Las Vegas Aces 7-0 after a 90-84 win at the Sun. Asia Wilson, 23 points and 10 boards. And unlike Mraz, the Sky fought off the fever 108-103 <laughs> nice. in overtime. And now we get stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Wow, when was the last time I did stun to a news? Uh, Today we're in Berlin where a German court is giving an 82-year-old man, quote, a last warning to avoid jail after he was found guilty of drug dealing. Again, he's 82, and just now he got caught dealing drugs. Wow! He's retired. So a retired sailor, <laughs> and he said his pension of only 800 euro a month—that's roughly 855 in U.S. dollars—wasn't enough. Yeah. So he started pushing weed. Nice. Now the problem is he has 24 previous convictions. Wow. So one might ask why he was free in the first place <laughs> to begin sm- selling marijuana. But now we're asking, why is the court being nice to him since he appears to be a career criminal? But I guess at 82, because he was needed money, they're trying to be nice, and maybe they're going to let him off and kind of reduce the charges against him. But there are definitely people who want him to go to jail and I guess finish his life no, there for selling no. weed. For a little bit of kush? Yeah. Come this on. Is, this guy's done nothing wrong. 25 times. Well, 850 <laughs> bucks a month. I don't know. Even in Berlin, that's that can't be anything close to what it would cost to have a decent living wage. So 850 bucks a month. He's 82 years old, and it's only marijuana. This isn't hard narcotics. I mean, what what's the worst that he's doing? He's helping teenage kids get a little high behind the school and listen to a little weird Europunk. I mean, come on. What's the worst <laughs> that this guy's doing? Yeah, I would like to know what the 24 previous convictions were. Well, maybe, maybe some of that context matters. <laughs> Is it all about weed? Weed, weed, weed. 
I also, would you guys believe that an 82-year-old guy was legitimately selling you drugs if you were looking for them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. If Pacino can have a kid at 82, (laughs) then there could be drug dealers at 82. (laughs) What's harder? I would say creating a kid. I'm still not over that. I don't know how Pacino did that at 82. Well, you handled the creation part just fine, I'm assuming, 10-plus months ago. And I and Pacino, I bet, is not doing the 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. shift like you no, are, buddy. No, no. Huh? I'm not talking about taking care of the kid. I'm talking about the conception because think about it. Let me try to do this without being too lewd. But anatomically, Please. he's got to get into a state where that... All of those things have to happen, and he's 82 years old. (laughs) That seems impossible. I mean, I know with modern medicine, you know, you have the blue chews, and that's. But could you imagine at 82 years old, basically shooting the water into the clown's mouth? That's that's a hard. That's a that's a tough one to to thread the needle on. Now I can't go to a circus anytime soon. Right at 82. This ain't 52, 82. How many of us will even be, you know, we'll be, we'll be senile, we'll be decrepit, 82 years old? I, I think, Pacino, there was probably a turkey baster involved. I don't know if there was an actual... Well, so that's a different story. Did he deposit and then they did the science? I think so. Okay. Yeah, there, there's no way he's getting blood rush and... That's what I mean. If he did that <laughs> act and it worked... That is amazing. He's he's like a cyborg. Should be a motivational speaker if that's the case. Impregnating somebody <laughs> at 82? But again, right. If he made a deposit and then they did all the, the science behind it, it's a little bit more understandable. But okay, so would you rather have an 82-year-old dad or an 82-year-old weed dealer? 82-year-old weed dealer for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like if I was ever feeling testy and wanted to try to rip him off, I feel like I could probably get away with it. And what's going to happen? Is 82-year-old going to beat my ass? But is he, like, with his walker coming to my car window and doing, like, the handshake inside the door? Like, how is this going down? I need to know. He's put, he puts it at the end of his cane, and then he just opens up a little cap on the end of the cane, and it just falls out. He knows a guy. Yeah, it's in the golf ball on the bottom of his walker that he's using for traction. The tennis ball. It's in his fanny pack. <laughs> Okay, back to Pacino for just a second here, guys. Uh-oh. Pacino, imagine he goes... Do you think he'll make his high, the, his kid's high school graduation? He would be 101 years old. No. <laughs> 100 or 101 at high school graduation. 104, 105 at college graduation. What about elementary school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he see the third grade? <laughs> This this whole thing is. I wonder what the oldest guy to conceive is. It'll be Boyle eventually. It'll be Boyle. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Will Boyle make eighty two at his lifestyle? Uh, probably not. <laughs> well, if you keep winning all this money and the PB boys really take off, right? Yeah. You can pay for doctors and diets and all this kind of True. you know you know care to keep you alive. I'll keep be you a going. Veg- I'll be a vegetable in hospice, just chilling. No, not even that. Like you'll Just be sp- a spry 105. You think so? The 10- 105 will be the new 82. Non-veggie? 
Yeah. Non, Non-veggie state? Out there making eight-leg parlays on, I don't know, some kind of like holographic sports right in front of you. Spreading <laughs> seed? Yeah. Winning bets? Exactly. That's honest. That's pretty good. I'll That's take that at 105, man. <laughs> That's pretty good. A week from Friday, we get to oil boil. Great. <laughs> Spreading seed making bets. <laughs> You do that when I leave. <laughs> that's his BetQL show at 105. No, it's, that's 10 a.m. in Tucson after Big Baby in the Landfill. You get the PB boys. <laughs> Big Baby in the Landfill, followed by the PB boys. Spread and seed, making bets. I was a baby. I was a baby. <laughs> Big Baby and the Landfill. There's going to be like another Kachuk. <laughs> junior, junior. Kachuk that he's betting on. Spreading siege. Making bets. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Get some of this, youngsters. Have some. <laughs> Make the picks. Make the damn picks. <laughs> Smoking weed. Spreading seed. Make the Make damn the picks. <laughs> Smoking weed, spreading seed, and winning bets. <laughs> Come on, youngsters. Have some. Dog. <laughs> it's a bunch of dogs around here. You. Oh, dog. Oh, we like old yeller at that point. <laughs> Come on, Junior. You want some of this? We're smoking weed, spreading seed, winning bets. Come on, man. But they're only on from 11 to 11.30 in Tucson. That's all the energy they have. Yeah, I got to get a nap. In. I need a nap in after 30 minutes. You can barely get to segment two. And all the radio ads are blue chew. I like music. <laughs> blue chew and Viagra. What? They're done after the cold open. That's it. There's one segment. What? <laughs> We're done for the day. But I was a baby. I teased the bet. I tease uh, that's that's all. I tease the bet for 25 minutes, then me and Pete deliver it, and then we do like a two-bar little rap verse. I'm trashing my own junk. It's the PB boys. Have some. <laughs> Come and get this. You dog. <laughs> you dogs. And at that point in time, it's going to be like hieroglyph. No, what do they call those hologram dogs? Or AI dogs, all fake dogs. Have some. Come on. Have some of this. Dogs. <laughs> when Dog. We back, when we come back on the show, should Oklahoma tone down its celebrations? DA, CBS Sports Radio. Choose your weapon. Peeps with salsa or a kielbasa to the face. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Welcome back and a good Wednesday to you, everybody. Coming up here next hour, about 20 minutes from now. Maybe 30 minutes from now. Christopher Mintz Plus, a.k.a. McLovin from Superbad is going to join us here on the show. Very cool. You can always listen to the show on our hundreds of affiliates nationwide across the CBS Sports Radio Network and also on Sirius XM 158. Ahead of the Women's College World Series Final, Oklahoma softball coach Patty Gasso says that she has told her team, be unapologetic for the way that you play and your celebrations. 
the OU softball team has been dominant all season, and they have gotten a lot of, of fanfare for being historically dominant as well. And that's turned off some opponents because they beat up on everybody pretty good, and they have fun doing it. And she said, because women have worked so hard to get here, yet still get judged for those things, that's the way we play. That's what people enjoy. Or you don't. You either like it or you don't. But we're not going to apologize for these players knowing the game and celebrating the right way. They've been ranked number one all season long. They have won 51 consecutive games. They are seeking their third straight national championship. They'll play Florida State in the final. It's best of three series. But they've got some criticism because they played with emotion and you know, to me, this usually comes down on teams and players that are really good. People just get sick of you winning. It's why, you know, the Patriots got under my skin for so long. You just get sick and tired of the winning, and then if you add on to it, the Patriots cheating stuff and ego and arrogance and all that type of stuff, that's that, that really bothered me. But it, it usually just comes down to, the winning teams rub people the wrong way because they're always beating up on them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Oklahoma playing with emotion, celebrating their their championships and their wins. I really don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with what they're doing. They're getting this flack because they're so dominant and people are exhausted by it, opponents are exhausted by it, and... and it builds a resentment when you're just kicking people's tush all over the place. But I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I think we live in a day and age now where it's much more lenient on teams being able to celebrate and emote instead of, quote, doing things the right way or by the book, the old school way. Baseball and softball and some sports even like golf and tennis have opened up a little bit, and I think that's for a good thing. And this is just a case where, you know, I don't, I don't think they're trying to rub it in opponents' faces. I don't I don't think they're trying to play with poor sportsmanship. I think they're just they're having a good time because they're freaking awesome. Having a good time! Having a good time! Ah, ah, ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.